Auntie Flo has come to town. That time of the month. Satan's waterfall. Code red. Shark week. Riding the crimson tide. There are just so many euphemisms for menstruation. I can honestly say that I didn't know a couple of those were code for period before I looked them up online. But according to a study done by Clue with the International Women's Health Coalition, there are over 5,000 different euphemisms for the word period. But why are periods so hard to talk about? Hi everyone, this is Nayathani Kachalam, and I'm back with another episode of Period Pressure, a multi-part series about period poverty and menstrual health. In our last episode, we learned about what exactly menstrual health is and some issues that affect menstrual health management. Now, we're going to focus on the stigma surrounding periods. We tend in our culture to treat, I don't want to say women's health care, because obviously people that don't identify as women still have periods. We tend to treat it as something separate from the rest of healthcare. We debate about it on political floors. We pass laws about it because we treat it as something separate. It goes beyond just like social norms. It goes into political norms and cultural norms around bodies that bleed. That's Devin Lagasse, the HIV STI specialist from Planned Parenthood of Illinois we spoke to in the last episode. Devin is an educator and has spent a long time teaching people about maintaining reproductive and menstrual health. Normalizing conversations around our bodies is the big first step. Starting those conversations really young, there shouldn't be anything shameful about body parts and how they work and what they do. In fact, the movement to educate people about menstruation is only growing. Organizations like Period, a national nonprofit dedicated to addressing period poverty and accessibility to menstrual products, runs boot camps that are meant to teach people about menstrual health activism. Anusha Singh is one of the campaign leads at Period National, and she leads the Ohio State University's chapter of Period. She helps run virtual boot camps. They usually run once a week and meet seven times total. Every call has a specific theme to it, whether it's learning how to speak to legislators across the aisle, like learning valuable skills like that. We One week was focused on how to write petitions, how to launch them, how to amplify them, how to really push for signatures. Weinberg junior Magna Gadam attended these boot camps, and they taught her how to lead Northwestern's chapter of period and petition for menstrual equity. The group is pushing for greater access to sanitary products for homeless menstruators and to hopefully support a bill getting passed that would make it mandatory for homeless shelters to provide free period products to menstruators in Illinois. I thought it'd be a really cool idea to like put a petition together and just kind of launch it and try to just get some attention and maybe see where we could go with that. Meghna and her co-founders, Mahi Gopalka and Samanbi Kanagula, are all Desi Americans, and they're familiar with issues surrounding menstrual equity in South Asia. This is definitely something that I understand. Just like Mahi, Meghna, and Samanbi, my family is from India, and there, menstrual health is often considered a taboo topic. Many regions in India still consider menstruation to be dirty and impure. Because of this, women are restricted from doing all sorts of things, including cooking and worshipping, while they're on their cycle. According to the United Nations, this is an antiquated mindset that only reinforces gender inequalities. Of course, India isn't the only country that stigmatizes menstrual health, and Mahi said it's important to remember that the taboos surrounding menstruation differ from place to place. Again, this is different, I think, for different communities, different cultures, and like different people just on an individual basis, but I do think that there's like a stigma around being comfortable with talking about 
periods and talking about menstruation and we shouldn't be nervous about talking about them they're human and they're biological and they're important and necessary so I think that's a big thing that is another roadblock that hopefully education and just kind of humanizing this problem that we're trying to address will hopefully also do. There have actually been movements in India to increase awareness surrounding menstrual health. Movies like Padman, which is based on a real story about an Indian man making affordable pads for women, and documentaries like Period, End of Sentence, all help reduce the stigma surrounding periods and menstrual health management. Similarly, Devin said one of the best ways to get non-menstruators to care about menstrual health here, in the U.S., is to just start having educated conversations about periods in our bodies in general. Once you normalize talking about bodies, you can normalize talking about periods and making sure people understand that this is just a normal part of how things work and some people have them, some people don't. And I think another part of that is making sure people have access to the things they need to take care of their bodies. So after we can talk about it, we can talk about how not everybody has the ability to deal with their periods with dignity. So once we can get politicians talking about it and once we can get healthcare workers talking about it, it just becomes a normal part of everyday life. It can be tough to have a conversation with a non-menstruator about period poverty and menstrual health, but it's important to continue speaking about menstruation in order to normalize it. From her personal experience talking with her family, Mahi said she learned that it takes time. I have a younger brother and like my dad, there was like a hesitation, I think. And then as we started talking about it more, that stigma and that hesitation kind of decreased. And now we're having really open conversations about why menstrual equity is a problem. Having open conversations at home is a great first step. However, Devin said that only having conversations in our homes isn't enough, which is why it's essential that students are formally educated about menstrual and reproductive health from a young age. Planned Parenthood of Illinois is backing the REACH Act, which would make it mandatory for public schools to provide age-appropriate health education to students. Planned Parenthood of Illinois is also making sure that it has telehealth services available to those who need them. Please check the Daily's website to get a comprehensive list of different services that Illinois residents can access to maintain their health during the pandemic. It's just an important part of public health, and we are really trying to meet those needs because historically we know pandemics, health crises disproportionately hurt people of color, people with low incomes, undocumented folks who already face challenges accessing health care. So, yeah, we're here to help. When we shame people for menstruating, it only spreads disinformation because they become too afraid to ask questions about their bodies, which is why we need to talk more. That's all that I have for today. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode, which is about the issues that homeless menstruators face. This episode was reported and produced by me, May Anthony Kochlum. The managing editors of The Daily are Sneha Day and James Pollard, and the summer editor-in-chief is Emma Edmonds.